Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And today is our last conversation, at least for now. Wondering why or when we might be back or if we've lost our minds altogether. Keep listening, friends. You are not going to want to miss this week's episode, possibly our longest definitely our richest. We are catching up, sharing books, exploring a dozen metaphors for this time in our lives and yours. If you are tired, if your life feels like a messy closet in need of a good clean out, well then get comfy friends. Here we go. Well, hello listeners. Hello, Lisa Joe. It is so good to be back. Now you're thinking, wait, where were you? (laughs) Well, yes, we were here in your earbuds week after week with summer episodes, but we were digging into the archives. So it has been a long time since I got to do this, Lisa Joe, and sit right here with you face to face and have a conversation. I know. I want to be like, we are live again, because that's (laughs) that's how it feels. There's not like a pre-recorded track. We are live. And friends, this episode buckle in. All right. This is going to be a little longer, a little different because it's also a little bittersweet. I know. So before you worry, it's not like the podcast is going away, but it is definitely taking a break. The podcast is going on sabbatical until the spring. We're just going to put that up front so that you will savor this episode because we know we're going to be gone for a little while. We figured we've both got coffee, tea, snacks. We're going to just catch up with each other, with you, share some of our thinking, talk about when we're coming back, but more importantly, why? Why we're taking a sabbatical. I like that word sabbatical. I always felt like it was a very professorial thing, like professors got sabbaticals. So uh, I'm like claiming it now. We are taking a sabbatical. Feel fancy. It is a good word. Uh, Professors take sabbaticals. My friends in ministry sometimes take sabbaticals. And Um, I have learned over the years when you feel intense envy, (laughs) sometimes sometimes it's just wrong and bad and you need to get over yourself, but sometimes you need to pay attention. And over the years, anytime I have had a friend talk about sabbatical, I have felt such envy bordering on bitterness when I think, oh, how nice for you. Why can't (laughs) I take a sabbatical? (laughs) But yes, we are using that word. We are giving ourselves permission to hit pause. And I hope in our conversation, we we will do what we always have done on this podcast, which is to give you permission to consider, you know, what this might look like in your own ordinary life. Even if, like me, you do not, no one is paying you a professor's salary. No one is paying you a ministry salary. So you can go off and do, an, a, you know, a paid sabbatical. Um And yet, I think that word and that concept is still meaningful for us, for all of us, for everyone listening, um, even if you're not professor or pastor. So we'll dial it back a little bit behind the scenes here, BTS, as the kids say. When we entered the summer, Christy and I, as you know, have sort of had this theme of burnout and then kind of rest and re-entry, trying to unpack the last several years, like all of you. And at the beginning of the summer, Christy said, wouldn't it be nice if we could take the summer off and yet keep 
keep our listeners company, stay with them. And so that's what we did. We recorded intros. You've had them in your earbuds. These are our favorite episodes you listen to. Thank you to everybody who has messaged us or my mom-in-law who, you know, told me on the phone how much she loved an episode. We love that you've still listened and we've still been with you. And so you might be wondering, well, what's happening? Like, why are you taking sabbatical now? And so here's some of that BTS. What's interesting for me is that we, when we start to plan out things like, could we take a summer off? How many weeks would that be? What would it look like? How do we pick those episodes? We don't, we've never on this podcast had a very strategic plan. We haven't used mm-hmm. a lot of strategy around <laughs> what we do and share <laughs> and the timing of things. So it's not like we looked at the calendar and we're like, okay, by this week in September, we're going to be on sabbatical, which means the last episode we record would be on the last day of August, which is what today is for us. We didn't, we didn't know that ahead of time. So In many ways, this feels like divine providence, the sense that the Lord is, in fact, leading us in the same Mm -hmm. way we hope He's leading you. Because, Christy Purifoy, you do not know this, but last night was a very big night here in Lisa Jo Baker land. It's because um, the book project you've heard me talk about a million times on this podcast so far, (laughs) the book project that I started five years ago now, the manuscript I turned in last December, so almost a full year ago, that I began edits on in January, has gone through many iterations. If you're not familiar with publishing, there are what they call a sub-edit, which is a substantive edit is what it means, where it goes through rounds where you're dealing with plot and threads and themes and story arcs and And then once it's gone through all of that, it goes through copy edits, which has to do more with, oh, is there a sentence you missed here or a typo or a misspelling? Or do you want to tighten this? Or is there a footnote missing? And then after that, it gets typeset, which means it's put into essentially a designed PDF. So it looks like a book. You understand where the page bleeds will be. And then they send that to you. And then at that stage, you're only allowed to make changes using the uh, Adobe Acrobat reader tool. You can't, you're not in a Word document anymore. You're in a PDF and you can only make small deletions or spelling or typos. And then when you turn that in, you are done. And last (laughs) night... At Aww. midnight, my friends, here <gasps> at the end of August, I feel emotional about it. Three years, it was August three years ago that the editor I'm working with now took this book on. Um, it moved over from a different house three years ago. And last night at midnight, I had sent <laughs> on that book. And I'm telling you, Christy, I woke up this morning and not only did I feel the weight of having released it, finally, it is out of my hands in that way, but the weather had broken, the horribly hot, high temperatures and humidity had given way to a soft kiss of a fall whisper of wind that is openly uh, coming through my open windows right (laughs) now. And it feels like a change in the seasons, literally, like in the weather, in my body, in my work. And as I was driving uh, this morning, talking to God about it, I gave my dad a call to tell him that I was done. And um, 
I didn't tell him, but I'll tell you listeners, I added last night, you're not supposed to add at this stage, but I added two words to the very end of the manuscript. And I don't know about you, Christy, but the acknowledgements are part of my favorite part of a manuscript. I, even if I don't know the author, I love the acknowledgements. I almost always read them first. It's very weird. I feel like it tells you something about the author. So my acknowledgements are long and wordy in this book <laughs> since there are so many people to thank. But at the very end, I added two words in Zulu that are the last two words in the book now at the very end of the acknowledgements. And I am someone who's such a nerd when it comes to screenplays or stories behind books. I love to hear about writers who are like, I always knew what the last words would be in my book or in my play or in my TV show. I am fascinated by those stories. So I'm nerding out by sharing this with you guys that for me, I just had this epiphany like, oh, those are the last two words, and I'm going to put them in Zulu because the the book has many languages in it, which let's just say made proofreading very complicated because the copy (laughs) editor could not double check me. And I found some typos last night even in the Afrikaans. So I am so nervous about getting my languages right. But the last two words that I added at the very end of the book are in Zulu because I was born in Zululand. We talk a lot about the history of the Zulu nation, about the journey in South Africa between all these different race, racial groups and language groups and uh, what it means to write new stories in the next generations. And so the very last words I typed last night in my book before I hit send were Ngia Bonga Jesu, which means thank you, Jesus at the very end of the story. And I just felt a release like I haven't felt in five years, like a sense of completion and freedom. And so when I woke up this morning and knew you and I were having this conversation about releasing the podcast and having sabbatical, all I can tell you is like the weather and my soul are both aligned with this moment. Hmm. And body and soul aligned, yes. right? Yes. We were talking about that before the body, summer. Soul, this, weather. Yeah. <laughs> that is so that's amazing. I mean, we yeah, we didn't know exactly when we would come back to pick up um recording live again. And I think it was only a week or so ago that we settled on today, this morning. Um, and so that the timing would have worked out like that. That's miraculous. That is so beautiful. God is such a good storyteller. Like that, let's just pause to acknowledge that as a master storyteller, that is some excellent <laughs> plotting. Yes. <laughs> well done, Jesus. That is excellent plotting to align the web, you know, the symbolism of the weather and the completion of that massive project. And I, I'll just say as well that I think really until the spring, um, well, just tell us here. What's the release date? We'll just put May that out there. May seventh. I know this May seventh. Okay. I almost feel like oh, it's like I told. I know. It's like the only people I've said it to now, but it's like a lot of you. But <laughs> May seventh, my friends. Okay. May seventh. So until May seventh ish, um, our listeners won't know what I know. Um, like I, I think they're getting a glimpse in your words as you've talked about the effort that has gone into this memoir, but they will know after May seventh. They will get it. They will read and say, "Oh no." Oh, now I understand because this is not just a book. Like I've been writing books too. And I too actually recently sent the final edits on um, a third gardening gift book, which I've had the privilege to write that'll come out this spring as well. Um, so I too have had, you know, some, some completion, which has been really great and turned to some new projects. Um, actually just this week. Um, 
But I know that that does not carry the weight of meaning (laughs) that the completion of this book does. Because, first of all, most writers don't ever write a memoir like this. And those who do, like yourself, I mean, there's there's only one. This is it. You have written your story, and it's so powerful, and it's so beautiful, and it's so epic. Um, and so the weight of what you've completed is beyond even um, what many of us get to experience. You know, our, our yeah, it's it's just huge. So, and our listeners, they will buy your book, they will pre-order your book, and they will read it. And in May, they will come back and say, "Oh, now <laughs> I see." Kindest friend. You're now the I know. Friend. I mean, here's Christy in the middle of everything she's doing, um, carrying many of her own weights. But that is that's so kind. <laughs> and thank you to our listeners who've heard me ramble about it quite a bit. You won't hear me talk about it now for a while. And it's why spring. We just keep talking about how we will be back in the spring. But here does feel. As my gardener always reminds me that the season of lying fallow is important as we head into fall and winter. And in our own lives, there's just a sense in which the soil needs an opportunity for rest and renewal. It does. And that's been something I've been learning recently. So, and it's, gosh, it just surprised me. Here I am, late 40s. There is still, there are still things to learn. And and so it just always astonishes me, like, why am I only just now? Why is this an epiphany now? But here's the epiphany that that has been sort of unfolding for me of late. And it's this. So I've I've heard my whole life the story, the creation story of Genesis. I have heard my whole life about Sabbath, about rest, about being um, invited into uh, regular rest by a creator God who himself rested. I know this, and yet, (laughs) it's really only been recently that I feel like God has shown me that um, I only understood rest in terms of pausing or resting work from work or my idea of work. Um, I had put some boundaries around work, like work is the thing we rest from. But what I had not allowed this idea of rest to, to penetrate into is just all of my creativity, all of my creative energy. And I feel like what I've been realizing and learning recently is that God doesn't just rest from work in that creation story. God rests from creating. And so, um, if if and we are all made in, in the image of a creator, we are all creators ourselves in some way. But as a vocational writer and creator, um, it, it does occupy um, a significant portion of my life. So, if God, (laughs) in creating the world, the cosmos, stopped and said, it's good, and then rested, why have I been living in a way uh, that suggests that if I have another creative idea, and it's good, and I can envision it, I should keep going. But that's how I've been living. Um, as long as there are ideas, and the thing is, there are always ideas. <laughs> there are always other, there, there's more I could do. And I have not been able to stop and say, this is enough. This is good. And I think what God models in that, that creation story is a person who is, has not run out of ideas how many more animals do we think God could have created? How many more flowers? How many more, right? Like he didn't, he did not run out of good ideas, but instead he stopped. He said, this is good. And he said, this is in a sense enough. This is enough. And he paused and he rested. And so what I am learning 
to do, what I'm trying to learn to do, what I'm beginning to grasp is that even if I still have ideas in me, even if I can still see possibility, that what God is saying is um, pause. Because if I don't, what, who, what am I, who am I pretending to be? Someone stronger than God, more creative than God? Like, like what? Who am, what am I saying that somehow um, I'm supposed to keep going with creativity even um, when God has shown me like that is not the way? And I think I've, I have felt a caution too. Like it might feel good in the moment. It might seem like, well, these are good ideas. So how could it not be good to chase them down? Um, and I think I've had a sense of um, the danger in that, the danger in my own life, the danger to others around me, if I am not willing to submit and to trust. And that's the other thing. It is a trust issue because as long as we keep going, whether it's with creative projects or just doing go, 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 often it's because we're afraid of what will happen when we stop. We're afraid of, of the repercussions of not no longer keeping all the plates spinning. What happens if I set those plates down? Will the sky start falling? Will my children go off the deep end? Will my house fall apart? <laughs> Will my life fall apart? And so to go deeper into that trust that says, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen but I'm going to stop being in charge for a while and I'm going to stop making things happen for a while. And maybe that's just once a week on a Sunday, or maybe that's like us in this autumn with the podcast. And, um, and I can sit here right now and say, because we intend to come back and because we know we aren't finished with the podcast, and because you and I both have books coming out in the spring where we want to find new readers and we want to get the word out about these great things we've made, in that sense, it does not make sense to take a sabbatical this fall. What would make sense in terms of like career and professionalism in the world is to be implementing some great strategy about growing our podcast in order to reach more people, in order to be ready in the spring to then tell them yeah. about our books, right? Like that's what, um, that's what, you know, if we hired some consultant, that's what the consultant would tell us, right? But we're not listening to that voice. We're saying, no, God is inviting us into rest. God is inviting us to pause for a while. And I think what I'm newly aware of is the danger if I refuse that invitation. Well, first of all, the sadness of missing out on a generous, loving invitation to rest, and then also the danger of never stopping so that then I show up in the spring for these conversations and I have nothing left to give. I'm so depleted. So it's both. It's it's missing out on a good invitation and also potentially digging a deep hole for myself. It's <laughs> not good. I love so th this is what I've been thinking about. Christy, I love how you put words around what I feel. I think the professor in you like helps me understand that it's almost just like you're interpreting for me. And I should just pause though and just clarify. It's not like we are taking sabbatical from our lives. I mean, I still have a full-time job. Christy has four kids. She's running a garden and community and home and uh, all kinds of projects on, you know, unrelated to the podcast. So if you're thinking, gosh, it must be nice for them to take a six month vacation, that, that is not what this is. <laughs> this is just <laughs> one sphere, this sphere of the podcast, which has its own rhythms and its own demands and its own schedules. And it just felt like this was the place where we were being invited to just let go, to let go of creating here. And 
it's such a great way to describe it. I've never thought of it that way either, that I've also always thought we're resting from work, particularly when we live in a social media economy that says there's never enough. There should always be more. It's never something you can turn off. The internet is always churning out more content. And it's interesting, isn't it, that we have this word now that are people's titles and jobs and income, that people are content creators. And so in that sense, and I don't, it's not pejorative. I don't know that that's a bad or a good, but the fact that it's a reality should ask us, to pause and consider what we are saying. And I think particularly if you are a content creator, then the invitation from God is a more weighty one to to pause, to rest from the act of creation so that the joy of creation is allowed to, to live in you. And I think there's, I think what I am now thinking back to that Genesis story is not only did God rest, but I love that he reflected on what he had created. Like he took a moment to enjoy his own work of creation and declared it good. And when I hit send last night at midnight, I had spent, you know, the last couple of weeks reading through the book. Like I printed it out like a book and I read it from beginning to end. And it really was one of those moments of of reflecting on what I had created and being in awe of it because in, I really, it feels apart from me. It feels like the Lord did and miraculous work that I, if we ever lost it, I could never recreate it. But but it's the invitation to say it's okay to pause and look at what you created and say, wow, it's so great. Like, it's so good what I did. And maybe you're listening to this and you, you're just entering into a new season of creation, in which case we celebrate you. Like, that's wonderful. Save this episode for when you've been doing it for a long time and you just need to be reminded when there's a sense of completion and we do, it's like a music piece, right? Like there are these moments of crescendo and then it comes down and there's like a beat, a pause to lean into that. If we never leaned into the pause in music or in theater or in TV shows, it would all just be chaos, like a cacophony of constant motion and noise and sound and messaging, which to be honest, scrolling social media feels that way because nobody, nobody is saying, all together, let's take a collective pause. And so if the internet doesn't do it, we have to. We have to decide it's time to pause before we enter back into celebrating and sharing the work that's been created. But man, Christy, that's a good visual. And I like the fact that God was like, look at what I did. It's great. Mm-hmm. Like, look up. <laughs> let's take a moment here. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great example. Wouldn't it be amazing? I just got a sudden glimpse of like, what if the internet just closed down? I know. Like one day a week, like stores used to be. Yes. Like stores used to just be closed (laughs) on Sunday. And like, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's not going to happen. And instead, if, if, if people who are creating the content, these content creators, if they are taking a break, they're making it look as if they're not. They're scheduling yeah, content, they're, yeah. <laughs> you know, and a little bit, we, we, we did that for good summer. reasons, did that this summer, yeah. you know, we made it, we made it appear to some as if we were still recording. I mean, we were transparent about it, but, and we did it for good reason to continue to offer, you know, the podcast over the summer. So it's, again, that's not always bad, but it is just helpful to remember um, just because it looks like no one else is pausing, like that may not be true. 
Um, the other metaphor I've been thinking about, um, particularly in um, in the context of the Black Learn Online community, where I'm also present and being creative and offering things, um, and the metaphor is eating meals. So um, something I've been thinking about is, you know, how good food is. Like it's such a gift from God. It's absolutely necessary for our nourishment. <laughs> like we can't live without eating. <laughs> it's also a realm of creativity as we, you know, maybe cook special meals or um, practice hospitality. Like it is such a good. And and yet we know that it is not a good that remains good if we never stop eating. It is only good <laughs> because we do it at certain times. And, and here's what I've been thinking about. Sometimes we feast for a season and then we're just really full. And, um, and one thing I have learned as an adult, but it's hard for me, is I do tend to eat on a schedule. So if it's time for lunch, I eat lunch. And it's harder for me to pause and ask myself, well, am I actually hungry? And so one of the hardest things for me, let's say I've had a very big breakfast. I love breakfast. I often eat a big breakfast. And so sometimes I'm not then actually hungry at lunchtime. But Lisa Joe, nine times out of 10, I will sit down and eat that lunch anyway because it's time and I like it. And I, I don't even think the, about it the necessarily. Rhythm, the joy, it's the, right. It's yeah. such a habit. Yeah. It is a habit too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it has its attractions. And sometimes I have regretted that. And I thought, oh man, now I'm just over full. Like I really didn't need that food, but I just, I didn't. Yeah, didn't didn't pause enough to register that I'm actually not hungry. Other people, I think, pay more attention to that, um, but I I have always struggled with that. So, <laughs> in the Blackboard Online, um, what I have been sharing recently in that community. So every year, kind of through the academic year, you know, September to June or so, we have offered um, special ticketed programming there, like um, workshops, um, small group learning experiences, retreats. And, and we've done that every year since the community formed a couple years ago. And so oh, this summer, I, I uh, worked with our friend Amy Knorr, who's a chaplain in that community, to come up with some ideas for um, a series of programs I was really excited about for this year. And But then kind of with thinking about the podcast, I felt this invitation of like, mm, maybe maybe it's time to pause. And the metaphor that felt right, and maybe it's because in the Blackboard Online, we've often talked about tables, like we're gathering gathering around tables. That's the metaphor. Um, and I almost had this sense of, you know, you ate really well in this community. <laughs> like everybody ate really well through the workshop series we did last year. Maybe we're full and maybe <laughs> we just need to sit at this table and continue our conversation and linger a while, stay connected, but maybe we don't need another big meal quite yet. So what I've shared in that community is, hey, we're still here. We're still leaning into our, our rhythms of connecting away from social media, still having our conversations, but it's going to be a little quieter and a little lighter because I'm not going to offer, just for this season, I'm not going to offer extra ticketed events this year. Um, and it's for two reasons. It's because, yes, I'm I'm in this place of needing and, and feeling that invitation from God to um, to rest a bit more and to create a to leave a little bit more margin and spaciousness in my life this fall. Um, so it's per, it's personal in that sense, but it's also 
realizing, wait, why, why do I imagine, like we're all humans and a community or anything humans are engaged in together still comes down to this common denominator of what it means to be human. And what it means to be human is that we don't just do things like machines, like clockwork. So just because it's September doesn't mean we're all ready for another workshop, another small group, another whatever. Um, maybe we're still full just because it's lunchtime doesn't mean we're all ready for a feast. Just because it's Friday night doesn't mean we're ready for a round of pizza. Like just, right? Like we actually have to learn to pay attention to ourselves as humans to say, am I hungry? Or is this a, is, am, is this a moment or a season where actually a little bit less is what's called for? And then we will feast again. We will start up the podcast again. We will, you know, we will eat dinner again, whatever it is. Um, but hello, stop, pay attention, just because the calendar says it's time to do this again. And that too is a trust issue. You know, I had worried, I think initially, well, if I set down this plate, am I losing momentum in this, that, and the other? Um, Is the community losing momentum? Is our podcast work losing momentum in a way that we can't regain? And I feel like what God has been saying is, "Mm, I'm in charge here. Like, I don't think (laughs) you need to worry about that. If I'm saying rest, rest. For those of you who are listening to this thinking, gosh, I would never see it that way, or I've never thought about it that way, or I would like to think about that way, but I'm not sure. I that's why I'm here. Let me let me wrap my arm around you, friend, because I am the I am the one who often has the sense of overwhelm, this desire to stop doing something, or let's be honest, I start to experience dread, like, oh no, I have to keep doing whatever the thing is. And often it can be a good thing. So I'll be candid and say, the podcast which I love, talking to Christy, which I love, it started to become this weight of dread. Like I can't, I don't have time, I don't know how to make this happen happen on top of everything else. But I'm an Enneagram too. I feel like it's my job to make sure other people like me and that we're good. And even as a healthy too, even as someone who trusts Christy, who knows I could tell her, gosh, I'm struggling with this. It genuinely doesn't occur to me to ask for permission to stop doing something that somebody else has an expectation that I will do. So if that's you listening, learn from the dynamic between Christy and I, because what I've learned is that I start to experience dread and a bit of resentment and bitterness, but I keep doing the thing, whatever it is, because I feel obliged. Somebody is expecting this of me. I have to do it. And then I get a message from Christy who is having the exact same thoughts and feelings, but is able to take the next step and ask, okay, how do we make room to let this go? And every time that happens in our friendship, it is astonishing to me because there's a part of me that's like, oh, did you hear what she said? I can't believe we're allowed to do that. And so if you have something like that in your life where you've just continued to doing do it because you feel like it's the responsible thing, it's the Christian thing, it's the mother thing, it's whatever it is, you might want to take this podcast as an opportunity to consider it like the Christy voice in your head now saying <laughs> to you, wait, like, Maybe you're allowed to lay this down. Now, we can't lay our children down, right? Or our marriages or our full-time jobs. But I mean, it's there's a lot in between that and doing nothing to change. Like there are many things in there that we actually have control over. And it's funny because, Christy, you were talking about this idea about the Lord and 
feeling worried and like the sense of control, like if I let go of this, like what have I lost and am I losing momentum? And I think control is such a big word. And I've been thinking about uh, the greatest, two greatest commandments that Jesus spoke to us. And in that first one, when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He addresses the four parts of our human selves that really we've unpacked this last year. If you think about it, right, Christy, like we've talked about our bodies being exhausted. We've talked about our souls. We've talked about our minds and how we've been creating out of them and they are burned out. And I've thought recently about this idea of strength and how I think in many ways strength is the opposite of control. Control says I want to hold everything as tight as I can in my own hands so that I'm in charge. It's all on me. Anything that happens, whether it fails or succeeds, is me, me, me. I must do it. Strength is an interesting word because God talks a lot about his own strength, about resting in his strength. And there is a sense in which if we surrender control and rest in Christ's strength, there is this, there is this invitation to actually rise up like on the wings of eagles, like that we can rest in him and he will carry this control, the strength, the making happen, the doing, the tomorrows. And so that's my invitation. If you're a Lisa Joe who feels like, oh my gosh, I'm not allowed. I am not allowed to even think I don't want to do this good thing anymore. Maybe it's just because you feel like you're in control of it. You're the boss of it. You have to make it happen. And I guess I just want to invite you to reflect on what does it mean to actually look around and say, okay, if I can rely on the Lord's strength. What does that mean for this thing that is becoming so heavy for me right now? And it wasn't like we could ditch it right away, right? Like we didn't wake up in May and or June and just say, oh my gosh, we're not doing the podcast tomorrow. We had to think, we prayed, we talked with our team, we had to connect with the advertisers we've worked with. It was a long process of letting go. It wasn't, it wasn't overnight. But now that we're here, like here it is, it's such a gift. I just feel like I someone gave me permission to not be in control and to say this thing I've been carrying is too heavy and I'm allowed to put it down, not because I'm lazy or irresponsible or don't care or not loyal, but really to accept something else, like to put this down so I can accept the invitation from the Lord to, to pause, to rest, to refuel. Um, to prepare for what comes next. And maybe you just needed someone to give you permission. So allow that to be me because Christy continues to give me permission. And whenever she puts <laughs> into words, when she voxes me and says, hey, I was thinking maybe we need to think through sabbatical. I am scandalized that she says it out loud. And then just like <laughs> amazed. I'm like, I've been thinking that for months, but I didn't think I was allowed to even think <laughs> it, which is weird because I'm a grown woman. And I constantly <laughs> have this narrative in my head that I'm not allowed to stop doing things things. So yeah, be free, friends. Funny. You're allowed to think about it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's true. I don't actually know how to not say the most authentic thing from deep down in me, which is why it's so awkward to hang out with like an Enneagram 4 at a party or something because our version <laughs> of small talk is horrifying. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> like, oh, yes, I just told you my whole life story. And I know you'll be my friend if we're both crying <laughs> at this cocktail party. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you talking about planning reminded me, so I've been thinking about sabbatical, thinking about rest, but also um, I read a really great book 
Well, first, let me say, so another word that might be helpful or useful to our listeners, if sabbatical feels like, whoa, that's big, um, it might just be retreat. So I read this great book. Um, I, I just finished it recently. I kind of read it slowly over the summer that, that is called um, by a, an author I, I bet many of our listeners know. I've appreciated other books from her, but Ruth Haley Barton. Um, but she has a book called Invitation to Retreat, The Gift and Necessity of Time Away with God. Um, and so I read this book, Invitation to Retreat. It's excellent. So good. Um, probably one of my favorites from her. Um, but it's super practical in a lot of what she shares about how to plan, like, first of all, the importance of retreat and retreating regularly from our lives. Um, even if we, yes, even if we are busy moms of young children um, or have children at home. Um, but it's very practical about how to plan for a retreat or how to, and I say this is not a planner, planning scares me, but um, great info about how to plan for a retreat, how to um, use the time while you're there. So anyway, just share, just sharing that as a resource. If anything we're seeing is resonating and you realize, wow, yeah, I need a break. I need some rest. I can't take a sabbatical. Um, I can't, I don't have projects I can pause. You can't pause child raising. Sadly, I I often wish <laughs> for many reasons. I mean, I can remember, still remember um, because she was my youngest, Elsa, and I'd had three babies before. Um, it was different from the first baby. I mean, I remember looking at her at six months old, and I I didn't really want to because it's such a joy to watch them grow up. But there was a part of me that looked at her at six months old, where she still took lots of naps, and she was so beautiful and cuddly and just perfect. And I did. I thought if I could just pause her. At six months old. <laughs> now, of course, of course, I wouldn't. Would, no, that's terrible. But, you know, there has been a part of me over the years that I thought, or in seasons of overwhelm, where I thought, oh my gosh, if I could just hit pause on these kids and their needs and their crises in order to catch my breath and pull myself together again enough to be able to show up for them. Um, and yeah, it, we, we can't do that. But even so, even so, um, if we, we can't we can't necessarily take a sabbatical from being a mom or being a grandma or being a spouse. Um, but this book, retreat, we we can we can we can retreat, even if it means a half day at home. I mean, it, it the book shows us not only how important it is, but all kinds of ways that that we could make this happen. And so, um, yeah, so I read that book, loved it. Um, so I think, yeah, you're right, Lisa Joe. Even if not everything in my life is going on sabbatical, um, I think the complement to a podcast sabbatical for me is trying to build in better rhythms of rest, and um, and I think retreat uh, will be a part of that rhythm too. And this book was really helpful. I also kind of babbling now, but the other thing I wanted to share. Okay, so here we're talking about planning, and I know because I'm this person, I know somebody was listening and just thinking, oh my gosh, I am tired at the thought of planning a sabbatical or a retreat. <laughs> like, help me. <laughs> um, so my friend, um, Patty Olson, who um, leads the Blackburn Literary Society, a wonderful um, book conversation club in the Blackburn Online, she sent me this um, this little visual on Instagram. I don't know who it's from originally. It looks like it's the chalkboard mag. I don't know. Um, but it's this little list that helped me. It's funny, but it's so wise. It helped me reframe the whole idea of 
this sort of dichotomy we build between working and resting, creating and and resting, or doing things and not doing things. And for most of us, of course, it's the doing things that that matter, that are important. They're the real things, right? But here in this little list, it says alternatives to I did nothing. So imagine someone asking you, what did you do this weekend? Yes. And here are alternatives. Or what did you do this week? Or what did you do this summer? Yeah. What did you do this month? Here are alternatives to I did nothing. Number one, I rested. Number two, this is the one I liked. I chose not to make plans. Mm, that's I chose so good. not to make plans. I read that and I was like, oh, we're allowed? <laughs> like, I even planned my rest. I planned my sabbatical. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I chose not to make plans. But that, like, yeah. wow. Um, I recovered from the week, the day. Here's one. This is a good one. I shortened my to-do list. Oh, that's great. I shortened my to-do list. What? Um, I had a mental health day. I took a nap. I watched the show I love. I had a day with myself. I recuperated. I had some time out. Those are 10 alternatives to I did nothing. Oh, that's Thank, so great. Uh, thanks to the chalkboard mag on Instagram. <laughs> I love that because <laughs> that it, makes, great? When you, it makes me realize that really you, you use the word rest or retreat. I've used the word sabbatical. And I think for me, what I'm trying to, to achieve in the next, six months or so is is really the word I would use is balance for me. Mm-hmm, yeah. So for me, my life has been out of balance in yeah, the yeah. sense that I have carried so much additional work. So I have a full-time job that is demanding and creative and fulfilling and satisfying. But then I also have three teenagers. One, it's our last year with him at home. And then I've had this book and it has been weighty, not just in the work that has felt, I I just constantly felt like I'm not smart enough. I don't know how to do this, but it has involved deeply complex emotional navigation with my family as we process it. And so there has been no sense of balance. I feel like I have constantly lived in a state of overwhelm. And then I have little moments that are like breaks in the overwhelm. But in those cases, I don't feel like there's balance either because the resting I'm doing is not really resting. It's more like completely zoning out. Like, how do I get out of my body and out of my mind? Like, let's binge and there's the word the world uses, right? There's never enough. Let's binge TV. And that ha- that isn't life-giving either. And we've talked about that in past episodes. And so for myself, when I think about what does retreat look like, it really is balance in my life again, a sense of healthy balance of enough, enoughness in all the spaces around work, around you know, TV or around naps, because I could just, you know, sleep to 11 if it was up to me. But finding a place where there are rhythms again that are healthy, that are balanced, that are present in my life and with my family when I'm not on a computer, that I still feel like I'm engaged in a healthy way. So that's really become my prayer. And so I want to invite you to, when you hear words like retreat, don't necessarily imagine going to a spa or a cottage in the woods or a beachfront home. Often what we mean is retreat right in your own home or balance, like figuring out what is out of whack and finding a healthy way to restore some semblance of order of, I think about creation again and this idea of there was night and there was day there was night and there was day the sense of like harmony of balance 
of time for the quiet cool of the darkness and time for the bright sun that inspires and gives us ideas. And that's really my prayer entering the season for a space to just inhabit my work with fullness and joy and delight, but with the ability to say that was enough for today and be fully present with my teenagers or my husband and not to feel anymore I have a deadline hanging over me all the time (laughs) related to this book. And I know it's coming. There's going to be marketing and launch and all of that. But because of that, entering a season now of just restoring order and balance before I head into another intense creative uh time, um, somehow balance feels like a very powerful good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I completely agree. And I think it's significant that one of the last, some of the last episodes we recorded before our summer archive series were about cleaning our closets, mm-hmm. <laughs> cleaning mm-hmm. out our house. Um, cause there, I, I really think it is, it is very similar, um, I think what can happen, what has happened, I'll just say what has happened for me is that for years I'm adding work, I'm adding Mm. tasks, I'm adding projects, but I'm never letting go of any, I'm never ending anything. I'm beginning always more new things. Um, And so that, like a closet, just accumulates over time and it gets crowded. And now I'm in a place where if I think everything I'm doing, I have to keep on doing, I can't not only can I not take a break, I can't finish anything, I can't complete anything. I just, all this has to keep going, um, which is our, I think for most of us, no matter our personality, is our default. We just assume the things we're doing, we're supposed to keep doing um, without <laughs> some real conscious, intentional effort and changes like going in with the trash bags and dealing with the pantry or the closet. Um, I will have stuffed my life so full of obligations and tasks and duties that now I am not able to hear new invitations from God. I am not able to pursue new things. I am not able um, to have any space in my life for crises or for needs of others. Like I have no space. And so you use the word balance. For me, it feels very spatial. My life is so crowded, so overstuffed with all these things that feel totally essential, absolutely essential and important. Um, and to so what it has looked like for me is to pause for a moment to say, well, I feel pretty certain that some things will continue. So the podcast, we're coming back in the spring. Um, other things in my life I'm less certain about, but I'm going to lay down as much as I can, um, a, a few things, and knowing that some of them may not get picked up again or may get picked up in new ways or may get picked up for a season and then I'll be able to complete them. But I don't know yet because I've been in kind of gerbil on a wheel mode for so long, (laughs) there hasn't even been space to think. And I'll tell you just like, this is all pretty new, right? Like we've just been processing spring and summer. Here we are um, um, as September begins. And yet already, actually almost, I would say the week that I talked to you about podcast sabbatical, whenever that was, um, that exact week, I had an uh, uh, opportunity, like an invitation from um, the priest at my church about some involvement. And I cannot tell you how good it felt, Lisa Joe, to say to him, oh my goodness, I love this idea. I love this opportunity. I'm not going to be able to do it right away because I've already committed to, to rest. 
but I think I'll be able to do this later this year. I think there will be space in my life for this because I think I'm, I sense that I'm laying some things down. Whereas if he had asked me the week before, I would have felt, I would have felt drawn to it and so upset that like, how can I, or not upset, but so stressed and worried, like, oh my gosh, I want to fit this thing in. How do I fit this thing in? I can't do one more thing. I'm so tired. It's too much. Why? You know, I would, I can't even imagine how it would have felt. Um, but because he asked that week, I, I just knew like, okay, Lord, this might be one of the things that there's going to be room for because you have invited me to rest. And that is not the only thing. Um, just this week, there was, there were some things. So I just, I feel hopeful, even as I'm not rushing into anything. I just, yeah, I feel so hopeful, so grateful um, that it seems as if God is doing the work of, I mean, because really, that, let's be honest, that's it. Am I cleaning out the closet of my life? No. <laughs> <laughs> But God is there saying, God is, God can do that. He just needs a little bit of our permission and, and cooperation. He needs, he needs us to not be the child. Like, I don't know if your kids did this when you were young. Lisa Joe, I could only throw away toys or clean out their stuff if they were asleep or gone. Because otherwise, right. I would be filling up a bag and they would be right. going through the bag and pulling out things right. that they had not looked at in ages, but now decided this is their favorite toy. Right. And no way are we taking it to the thrift store. <laughs> um, and so I couldn't do it around them. Yeah. I would have to hide the bag or hide that activity. And so I don't want to be that way with God. I don't want God to have the bag, putting things in the bag. And I'm like, no, I love that teddy bear I haven't looked at in four years. <laughs> <laughs> so God is just asking for a little bit of, you know, permission and cooperation. Um, and then he can clean out the closet. He can show us what's essential. He can help us understand, no, oh, honey, you have outgrown that. Put that away. That doesn't fit anymore. And that that doesn't make it a bad thing that it doesn't fit anymore. But it just means it's finished. And you can give that away. You can hand that on to someone else. You can whatever. Um, so I think that's the metaphor as well. Ooh, we've got a, I a stew of metaphors I for love, our friends listen, today. Choose notes. the metaphor that works for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, oh, oh. And I have another book. I have another book. Um, I think I've mentioned this one on the podcast before. Um, I haven't read it in years, but I think maybe it's Maybe I'll read it again. Man, I loved this book. Um, it's going to sound odd, but it's it's called Keeping House, The Litany of Everyday Life. It's by Margaret Kim Peterson. It came out years ago. She's an academic, um, just an amazing, wise Christian woman. So not, not let, let me just say, if you have a preconceived notion of who would write a book called Keeping House, this is, she is not it. Like she's, she's, um, yeah, she, you know, has has had a great career and um, yeah, just, yeah, anyway. Um, but in this book, one of the stories she tells is about a season of loss where um, she just kind of, um, almost like a season like we're in where she realized things have been out of balance and she had to let a lot of things go. And she didn't, she didn't really know why, but she just, she, she said yes to God's invitation to not can't remember if it was taking a new job or it was something where all of a sudden she was just going to be at home without without planned things to do for like a year. But she just was sure like God. And again, she's she was doing this as someone who had a career, who had, you know, who who um, had other options. But for whatever reason, she felt like God is saying, no, no, don't take on that job. Don't fill this time. And the story she tells is um, of some needs that came up in her family and her community 
where she she was the only one around who had time and space to show up to help regularly to meet these needs to be present with these people because she didn't have she didn't have somewhere else she was supposed to be and she could not have done that if she hadn't already sort of cleared the decks so it was just for a time it was just for a season but i've always remembered that story of like wow what would it be like to be available, more available. I feel like for years I have not been available. Um, I'm the person who's always, you know, poor friends send the text, hey, I'd, it's been too long, can we get together? And I want to get together with them and I feel nothing but stress because I don't know how to fit it in. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be that person, right? I know. And yet, you know, in, in many seasons we just are and it's not necessarily our fault. It doesn't mean we're doing it wrong. It's just that's the season. And what a cool thing to understand that walking with God, there will be other kinds of seasons. There will be seasons that if we're willing to trust and let go of our control and even maybe be embarrassed, like she she writes in this Keeping House book, like how embarrassing it is for sort of a modern, productive, smart woman to be asked, oh, so what are you, what are you doing this year? What's your, you know, what, what does your work life look like now? What are you doing? And just to have to answer that with I, I don't know, with nothing. And then I want to go back to that list, alternatives to saying, yeah. <laughs> you know, I did nothing. But like how hard that is because we're so tied up in terms of how we perceive one another is so tied up with what our title is, what our job is, et cetera. Um, so it can be so shameful almost to say like, well, I'm, 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 not, I'm not really doing anything right now. I'm, I'm just resting or I'm just waiting or I'm not sure what's next. Like maybe we can normalize being okay with that and saying, oh, how wonderful. Well, yes, <laughs> you go. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Normalize and give permission to let go of things, like even good things, if you're sure that you're supposed to. The fun, though, of course, with the podcast is that even though we're on sabbatical, there are like nearly six years worth of episodes, yeah. dear friends. So <laughs> if you miss us, you can just go listen to your little heart's content. We, every Wednesday, just, right? Oh, you we could, could do go it every, every Wednesday. Day of the week for a year and there would be yeah. enough episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think that too, to get back to the eating metaphor, and this is something I'm sharing in the Blackburn online, is that... I don't want to be, and I don't want to encourage in others this con content creator mentality where it there always has to be fresh content. I think that is very disturbed. <laughs> um, rather, if good work has been created, I would want to. I would want to be encouraging in myself and those around me the value of revisiting, of returning, of re of rereading the book, of revisiting the conversation, of going back to that museum. Not saying everything, because the the opposite of that to me is just consuming. Well, I've already consumed that. I yeah. consumed it. It's oh, gone. Now good. I move on to the next thing. I have to consume, consume, consume. To me, I just have this picture of someone who can't stop eating and they don't even notice anymore what they're eating. Rather it's than so savoring, because savoring yes. seems the opposite. Yeah. 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 And to say, you know what? Maybe I don't need anything new. Maybe. And here's a good good thought for me. One thing I did this summer is I actually um, got pretty desperate uh, for like some vacation type book reads. And instead of like pulling up Amazon and getting something delivered to my house the next day, I made myself just pull off books that had been sitting on my shelf for years. And and I and it took a while. I kept starting things and then like, no. And I was so tempted to just go buy the latest novel. 
Um, but I didn't. I kept searching. I kept pulling down books. Like over a period of a week, like I will find something. I ended up reading a couple of books that have been on my shelf for years, and they were so great. And I was so glad I read them. Um, and so that's the kind of thing I'm talking about too. Is like, no, no, maybe I don't need something new. Maybe what I need is already here. I just need to slow down and savor. <laughs> I feel just like a sense of completeness, even at the end of this conversation. Just so grateful, Christy, that you've been our interpreter for some things that sometimes we really don't know how to put words around because we live in a society where there really isn't vocabulary, either for the sense that there's too much or for the sense that there it's okay to have enough, that enough is good, that we don't use those sort of words very often. And I'm so grateful to receive them with you. I think for me, just on a personal note, there's a sense in which I'm grateful to go back to our friendship outside of these conversations. I remember when we started the podcast, I had such a, a sense that, man, we have all these rich conversations. I wish other people could listen in. And interestingly enough, nearly six years later, there's a part of me that wants to bring our conversations back into just the two of us, like into the dark, into the quiet, where I can savor them with you and not feel like they have to become content, where there is a moment to just drive up and be at Maplehurst and not worry about what the podcast is doing or producing, but just enjoy the good gift of friendship. And so for me, it actually feels almost emotional to receive that back, to just say, I, I just want to be with my friend and not worry <laughs> about the other people that are listening, as much as I care about them, I realize there's a well of friendship that it will be good to just sit down at again and and just savor it for just us. Like imagine that in a world where everything becomes content for everybody. I guess I just invite you who are listening to to look at your lives that way again, too, just the beauty of how God has always created out of darkness. You know, the womb is a quiet, dark place where secrets are formed and created and God delights in the beginning. He's the only one who knows the fingerprints and the 10 toes and fingers and returning to that is a good thing. So friend, I am excited to come now that we both have more space and less obligation in the conversations to just savor with you again over tea and long conversation. Mm-hmm. I know. So when are you coming to Maplehurst? I know. Listen, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> Let's pull out our calendars. And friends, we'll, we're coming back. So yeah. speaking of calendars, please keep on listening to the podcast. Um, so many great episodes to savor, like returning to, you know, books, maybe some you read, some you never got around to reading. They're all there on the shelves for you. But we'll be back sometime this spring. Um, and already we're super excited about those conversations. I know there will be things to talk about from sabbatical time. Um, I think fresh well, wells of conversation there, but then also I cannot wait to talk about your book. <laughs> She's the Can't wait. Oh my gosh, that will happen. I, I have had in my mind this whole time as we end just the doxology, this reminder that that like you, we praise God from whom all blessings flow. Like everything is coming from Him. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Now I feel like I'm going to have to start it again because I have stage fright. I know. We, you have to do it from the beginning. I know. We do it every Sunday. I'm like, wait, how does it go? <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise, Praise him, him, all creatures, creatures here below. Here below. Praise Him. Why can't I remember it? I literally <laughs> was saying it in my head. 
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Praise Son, Father, and Holy Son, Ghost. And Holy Ghost. <laughs> and Amen. <on> that note, <laughs> we did it. 